and celebrity, the celebrated sound, a distinct voice of a great gospel artist. I love his testimony of how when he was growing up, 
that his grandfather uh, played the guitar and wanted to, and they would be having prayer at home or at and you know he was always told don't don't touch don't touch those guitars but he would be in the room while they were having prayer and look where he is and what he is doing today how the lord has blessed him you're listening to cornerstone apostolic church uh, thank you for joining this evening sunday morning on a tuesday god bless you and we're inside the pages we're in the pages you know no better place to be than to be found in the word of god uh, heaven and earth shall pass away but the word of god shall stand our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. And Tuesday Bible class begins at 7 p.m. And for continuity, you know, uh, I'm going to uh, be teaching, uh, just reaching out to our listeners on Thursday nights uh, in the, with the gospel. You know, uh, I'm pouring myself out as the Lord has poured himself out for me. And I've made up in my mind a long time ago, and we'll talk more about that during another testimony. But, you know, I just I'm just grateful and I'm so appreciative for what the Lord has done and what the Lord is doing. You know, um, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Mm -hmm. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I'm faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. When you don't know what to do, you need to stop and pray. You know, it's important to do some fasting and prayer. Some things Jesus said come with prayer and fasting. And so we need to do that. Uh, just spend some time. Take just, if you, just take one day. Just take one day out of the week and fast and pray and seek the Lord. You know, during this, this four months that we've been um, on restriction because of what is going on in our communities and, and globally, you know, this is a good time to spend consecrating unto the Lord as well as uh, some me time, advancing yourself. You know, four months is some time that have zoomed by for so many, and all they've done is complain about uh, being at home or, you know, being limited, but it also could have been some time that was spent wisely. You know, the Lord said, occupy till I come. And so the question is, what are you doing to occupy? Are you on the phone, just talking to your friends, you know, and, and uh, getting to know the people that you're already, are you doing something that's going to advance yourself and, you know, help you to stack some more cheddar? What are you doing? What are you doing for yourself? And, you know, and it always starts off with, uh, with what we do. We should uh, begin uh, the Bible said, whatever you do in word or deed, doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, study to show off self-approve unto God and man. Uh, we're in the book of Ezekiel, but before we go there, let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, Lord God, and those that are listening, those that will hear this uh, this evening, those that will hear it later. Lord God, and we just pray and ask that you would bless those that are faithful. I pray and ask that you would bless the faithfulness of, of Cornerstone, Lord God. Lord Jesus, remember those that are uh, sacrificing, those that are yet supporting ministries. Lord God, not just here, but across the country. Lord God, just pray and ask that you would bless them. I pray and ask that you remember those that are sick in a body, that are 
whatever the situation is, you have the diagnosis, you're able to give an antidote, Lord God. And we just pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, lead us and guide us, direct our path, Lord. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding so that we say the right things, do the right things. Lord God, so and that your word has preeminence, that it supersedes our thoughts and everything else that goes on with us. We're, Lord God, without you, we're like a ship without a sail. We're all mixed up and just, just, just going whatever the wave toss and move us. Lord, we don't want to be like that. We want to be have direction, and, and that direction is governed by you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're in the book of Ezekiel, the 24th chapter, you know, and so I'm going to uh, go ahead and go into the word of God, and let's see what the Bible has to say. Uh, you know, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for righteousness. And I, I pray and hope that you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. The Lord said, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, or those that do shall be filled. And so those that are not hungry and thirsty for righteousness, uh, I pray that something is done that creates uh, you to become uh, thirsty. You know, they used to say you can't, uh, you, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But I believe if, if, if that horse, uh, if you do something to make that horse thirsty, when he get to that water, he'll be glad to drink. And so, Lord, I'm praying that you, uh, my prayer is that, is that something uh, gets behind some folks and cause them to become hungry and thirsty uh, for righteousness instead of uh, uh, some of the stuff that they are uh, indulging in. Talking about salvation, talking about soul salvation, and I, I want to point this out while it's on my mind. You know, intellectual knowledge is not salvation because you have an awareness of God because you have awareness. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe uh, you heard about church. Maybe, uh, you know, one of those things that have occurred, you know, you've been exposed. And so there is in some intellectual knowledge, but intellectual knowledge is not salvation. You must be committed unto the Lord. And so the Bible tells us in the 24th chapter, the ninth verse, beginning at the ninth verse through the 14th verse, it said, uh, therefore, thus said the Lord God, woe to the bloody city. I will even make the pile for great fire. Heap on wood, kindle the fire, consume the flesh and spice it well and let the bones be burned. Then set it empty upon the coals thereof that the brass of it may be hot. It may burn and that the filthiness of it may be molted in it and the scum of it be consumed. She have wearied herself with lies and her great scum went not forth out of her. Her scum shall be in the fire. In the filthiness is lewdness because I because I purge thee. And thou was, uh, thou was not purged. Thou shall not be purged from thy filthiness anymore till I have caused my fury to rest upon thee. I, the Lord, have spoken it. I shall, it shall come to pass and I will do it. I will not go back. Neither will I spare. Neither will I repent according to thy ways, according to thy ways and according to thy doing shall uh, they judge thee, saith the Lord God. Uh, 
Now, remember, we've been in the book of Ezekiel uh, traveling through and learning quite a bit. If you've been following through or uh, following with us, or if you haven't, you know, uh, visit the website, uh, connectingtruth.org. There's some uh, purple letters there that says uh, uh, God on Demand, and it take you to our archive of messages, and you can go back and hear, uh, listen to uh, the book of Ezekiel and the teachings that have gone on. You know, we have examined quite a bit. We examined the images, the dreams, the visions in which he has seen. And, you know, um, it's not enough to see visions and have dreams. Uh, again, it's all about your soul being saved. As we look, we see uh, that Israel left their love for God in exchange for the stars. Uh, they left in exchange for the glamour life, the big city of dreams, the, the imagination and things that they saw around them that looked so uh, that they were indulged by. Uh, they made alliances with others to protect them instead of relying on the one that plagued Egypt, the one that parted the Red Sea and gave them food, uh, manna from heaven. You know, uh, I, I believe that uh, we are... Uh, many have been guilty of the same thing that God delivered us. God has shown his miracles. God has shown his, his love toward us in, in, a, in a mighty way, uh, a majestic way. And uh, in exchange, we made alliances with others instead of keeping our alliance with God, the one that can work the miracle, not a man that uh, that, you know, men, just like you and I, they have limitations. Nobody, God, does not have any limitation. Uh, God, uh, God, you, you take God as a person. You know, when we look at God and we consider who he is, yes, he's sovereign. Uh, but uh, we also have to look at the personal side of the Lord. Now, look at yourself. Look at how you feel. Look at how you think. Uh, examine yourself. You don't. None of us like being lied to. None of us like being um, uh, abused. None of us like being mistreated. None of us like being betrayed. None of us like uh, being talked down to or any of those things. However, Israel did that with the Lord. They betrayed the Lord. They made promise. I'm going to keep my and did not do it. Uh, they. They betrayed him, and the Lord speaks about these things. Now, when we hear God talk, we have to realize that there is emotion behind what is being said. It's not just words that's being uttered. It's just like the words that you use are, have emotion behind them as well. And so God has the, the same, uh, re remember, the attributes. God made us in his image, and, and so we possess those things. And so when God... Uh, looks at us and when God speaks to us and, and express his concern and express things to us, we should never ignore it. Now, we've been traveling through the book of Ezekiel and it has placed a lot of light on our sinful nature and the impact it has had upon the Lord. The excuses, the hidden agendas, the trespasses uh, that that we ignore, you know, well, God understands. Yes, God does understand. Uh, he understands that what, it, what is being done is wrong or it's right. 
to make a deal with the enemy, someone that you know will turn your heart away from God is a, is a injustice that words cannot describe. No matter what excuses that we try to make, it, the words does not and excuses does not justify what uh, people do. All of these things are hurtful. And yes, we can say God understands as many times as we want. But uh, the truth is, is that it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make anything right. Now, listen to this. Ezekiel, the 16th chapter, the sixth verse. God said, when I when I passed by thee, I saw thee polluted in thy own blood. Now, God saw all of us polluted, messed up, kicked to the curb by friends, family, you know, whatever the situation may have been. You know, just the mere fact that uh, man is tainted with sin because of the fall in the uh, in the Garden of Eden, we're polluting in our own blood. And he said, I, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy own blood, live. Don't die. You polluted. And we know pollution kill, but live. God spoke life to, to each of us. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, when you were all messed up in your situation, God said, live. He said, live. Now, how many of us recall the moment, uh, a moment that death, there's been times that death has placed his hand on some of us. You know, I, I remember uh, as a young man sitting inside of a car in a place that I should not have been, and someone walked by me and pulled a shirt up and they had a snub nose there. Uh, I'm sitting there. They could have done anything. They could have, I was at their, uh, you know, so to speak, I was at their mercy. They, but here I am today because of the grace of God. I sat there because there was nothing I could do. I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything but sit there because running would not, we were that close up on each other that uh, anything, all it took was one. It would have just taken one shot, but it was the grace of God. It was the hand of God that said the hand of the enemy. God said no. And in the, you know, we were in the wrong place. And uh, how many have been in the wrong place, the wrong time, and God yet stayed the hand of the enemy, stayed the hand of the enemy when you would have overdosed, when you would have been, maybe you were not intoxicated. You could have been a designated driver and everybody else intoxicated and they could have acted a fool and caused everything to go south. And there you would have been standing in the presence of the Lord for that moment to receive your just reward. Israel was banking on everything to be all right. The 13th chapter, the second verse says, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel and say, uh, because they were telling people that it's going to be all right. You know, there are a lot of ministers today that are telling people it's going to be all right. And I'm going to say it's going to be all right, too. As long as you are in the will of God, it's going to be all right because you're covered with the blood. You know, as Fred Hammond was singing um, one of the old songs that he, Jesus, be a fence around me every day. Lord, I want you to protect me as I walk along the way. I know you can. I know you will fight my battles if I just keep still. That means I'm lined up with the will of God and I don't have anything to worry about. Job was lined up with the will of God. And the Bible said that the Lord placed a hedge around him 
Uh, we know this because when the Lord asked that when the sons of uh, when the sons of God came together, when the stars got together, uh, that Lucifer, Satan was there in the midst and the Lord asked him, have you considered my servant Job? And in the conversation, he said, yeah, you've placed a hedge around him. Uh, there's nothing I can do to him because there's a fence around him. You are protecting him. Uh, and so the Lord said, you can you can, but don't touch his soul. And so when we consider, you know, that when we are in the will of God, then we know it will be all right. However, the, those, the children of Israel were listening to the prophets of, that was telling them uh, what they considered in their own heart. And you better be careful what people tell you out of their own heart, uh, that it's all going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. And some people aren't prophets. Some people are just your friend and, and have and are and, and they have an intellectual knowledge of God and they tell you it's going to be all right. Tell you that that, you know, it's not they don't take all of that. It don't take the word of God. Matter of fact, you don't need to. Uh, all you got to do is just believe when you keep thinking that you're going to be like Lucifer. Uh, the Bible said the devil believes and he trembles. He's afraid of God. You're going to be just like him because his end result, his end time is the, is the lake of fire. And so that's where those that believe in God, but yet they're not committed unto the Lord to follow. Uh, committed means to follow his word. The Lord said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. And so there are many that say, I love the Lord, but yet they're not keeping his commandments. So therefore, uh, that, that statement of love is null and void. And so when we consider this, when we keep the word of God, is everything is going to be all right. I'm telling you, everything is going to be all right when you're committed, when you're dedicated unto the Lord. It's going to be all right because you have the word of God. I'm not just saying it because I'm going to say it. I'm saying it because the word of God proclaims that unto those that believe. Unto the, he, the scripture says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you diligently seeking to God? Are you diligently uh, calling upon the name of Jesus? Are you diligently praying unto him and spending a, a quality time with the Lord? Or is it just a, a thing of saying, well, I'm okay, I'm all right. You know, it's everything, you know. He is a God of love. Uh, some have proclaimed that God, God is love. The scripture tells us that. And he is not going to, but listen to what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that God, he, is, he loves us so much that, uh, that he corrects us. He administers a correction unto us. And so the Bible said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Listening is an intimate part of any and every relationship. It doesn't matter if it's a business relationship, you need to be a good listener. If it's a, uh, a loving, you know, boy, meet girl uh, relationship, you need to uh, learn to listen. It's an intimate part. And usually when we first meet someone, it starts out with us listening, you know, or maybe we maybe someone, uh, maybe she or he think that they're listening. Uh, but um, listening is an intimate part. And without it, the relationship does not do well. You know, we talked about being rapture ready and how Enoch walked with God. Uh, there had to be some listening uh, that was going on. It wasn't just uh, Enoch always talking. And, and, and I, don't, I don't think God was always talking. I, I think that it was a time of sharing. And so we share with the Lord. You know, prayer is not just about going to God saying, fix my lights, 
fix my car, fix this, fix that is a time of sharing. It's a time of intimacy between you and God to talk, you know, and, and to have a, a, to nurture the relationship. Now, listen, listen to this. We're talking about listening. Jeremiah 29 and 12, it says, then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Now, this is the Lord talking to uh, his people. Uh, Call upon me, you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Jeremiah 33 uh, and 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Now, he can't, if you call, he don't answer, then the question is, did you hear me? But the Lord is saying, I'll answer you, which means that he is being attentive to you. He's listening because it's an intimate relationship. And he also said, I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou know not. So if you if you call upon me, if you go and pray unto me, I'll listen to you. I'll hearken to you. If you call upon me and I'm going to answer you and I'm going to show you something. Now, it's important to know this, that God has spoken in his word that he will show up, you know, like that saying, he will show up and he will show out for his people. But we also need to place ourselves in that position where we line up with the word of God so that he can do that. Uh, uh, Psalms uh, 34 and 15 said, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Now, uh, God uh, speaks these words uh, intimately to each of us, uh, but also he gives us the ability to make the same commitment unto him. We should be saying, Lord, when you call on me, Lord, when you call me, I'm going to hearken. I'm going to listen to what you're saying. I'm not going to ignore you. You know, I I had a situation the other day where uh, a gentleman was coming to, to do a repair or to give me an estimate on a repair. You know, and let me tell you, when you get a when you get an estimate on a repair, check it out. You know, make sure that you're um, that the estimate that you get is good. And and so uh, this individual came. But before they arrived, I was sitting in my little office, my little corner working, and I had a vision of everything this individual was going to do and what they were going to say when they arrived. And sure enough, they followed those things. And at the same time, I saw myself giving them a track to be to invite them uh, in, un, to the service, to listen in and to see what's going on, to get a taste, you know, to feel what the flavor is like and all of that. Because why? Because I listened. It was not just a coincidence. That was God showing and then reminding me that at the end of all of that, this is what you're supposed to do. So our ability and what God it looks for us is that when he calls that we hearken, that we listen, he gives us the ability also, Lord, we should be saying, Lord, call me, call me. I'm here. Call me, you know, you know how we make the hand gesture, you know, call me. We should be saying that to the Lord. Call me. I'm, I'm going to be waiting for you to call. And we should be telling him I'm going to answer. And I'm going to do great and mighty things. Mm-hmm. How will I do great and mighty things? I'm not God. But he gives us the ability. The Bible tells us that he will use us to do great and mighty things. Uh, the Bible lets us know that the, when we read about the disciples and how they followed the Lord, that they did wonders. They had signs and wonders that was following them. 
And so signs and wonders are yet for today and are yet following those that believe his word. Why? Because we're diligently seeking him and he is a rewarder. And one of those rewards is that he will uh, do great signs and wonders. And who is he going to do it through? Those that are diligently seeking him. Israel, along with others, uh, uh, invited into this royal relationship, refused the invitation. They toyed with it. They treated it, uh, you know, they, they, they just mistreated it and uh, they didn't take it. They left it alone. Now, the Bible gives us a parable about how uh, there was some that was invited into the wedding feast and they refused to come. You know, Israel refused to come to the place in which God was calling him. It was only a few. It was only a remnant that was dedicated, that was looking at the abomination and all the things that Israel was doing, setting up idols and, and chasing after um, other gods and, and whoring themselves out. It was others that said, no, we're not doing that. We're not going there. We're not joining that team. We're standing on this side. You know, we're standing in the place in which God is going to find us. And, and so... Uh, those that did, they refused to go into the feast and uh, the wedding feast. And God said, go tell the servants that go out into the highway and hedges and invite others. Servants of God, we need to be in the highway and hedges and inviting others, telling people, listen, uh, God is interested in extending an invitation to you. And so uh, they did not take it. They treated it. Uh, as a take or leave, you know, I don't have to do that. Uh, but the Bible tells us in verse 14 that the Lord spoke and he said, it shall come to pass. The Lord is talking. He said, it's going to come to pass. This thing is going to happen. And he says, I will do it. You know, these are specific words within the scripture. He says, I will not go back. I'm not going to change my mind. Uh, neither will I spare. Now he's talking to those that are not lined up with his will. He said, neither will I repent. I'm not going to have a change of heart. Nope. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's not going to happen. And the thing that's driving all of this is their action. He said, according to thy ways and according to thy doings. So our actions, what we do drives the situation. What we do motivates God to bless us or not. Now, you can change the outcome of any situation. Uh, the Bible tells us that we overcome evil with good. So how do we change it? By overcoming evil with good. Now, that evil doesn't mean that it's something that you've done. It could be evil that someone else is doing and you do good that overcomes that. That good that you do will outweigh it. But, you know, and so uh, we overcome that. We drive the, the we drive the blessing. We drive the message. You come to church and, and, and God could give the minister a message. And uh, let, let's just put it this way. God can give the minister a message of hellfire and brimstone. And, and by the time the congregation and got together and, and, and have prayed and, and sought the Lord, whole, uh, that all of a sudden the message changed and and the minister don't all his notes is no good. God know how to change the message and he knows how to change it for even just one individual, just one individual. And let me tell you, heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. Uh, so when I repented, heaven uh, had a blast. When you repented, heaven just went crazy. You know, uh, can you just imagine uh, the Bible said there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. 
uh, that, you know, over one center. Well, if it's rejoicing in the presence of who's doing the rejoicing, you know, God gets happy. Uh, he rejoices over over the repentance that, that we make. God gets excited over the change of heart that we have. Even if at the moment we say, you know what, I, I, I ain't listening to that preacher. I know what you're saying, but ah, that ain't for me. And we go to go and they go to go the opposite direction. And as they go, this, the goodness of God meets them and turns them around. I, I feel a hallelujah in my soul right now. You know, the goodness of God meets them and turns them around. And, and where they were saying, yeah, you know, and trying to blow it all off, all of a sudden they find themselves back again and their soul is now starting to say yes. And then you have those that say, well, yeah, I'm going to do it, but they never show up. They never arrive at the at the I'm going to do it part. What are we doing? How can we do it? You can change the outcome of whatever the situation is by having the change of heart. Now, as we look at Ezekiel, this is what all that Ezekiel is talking to the people about. He's talking to them about what they've done, where they've been, and a change of heart. God exposes and shines the light on the sin of people so that they can change, not because he's interested in destroying the individual. He said, I would that no man would perish. Uh, God's looking for people to come to repentance. He's looking for us to change and not to change back. We don't turn and then turn back to sin, but we turn and we stay committed unto the Lord, looking for the promises. You know, God gave us promises. He gave us those blessings in his word so that we have something to look forward to. So, yes, we believe in blessings. We believe in the, the material blessings that God sent. Uh, but we also believe in the spiritual blessings, not only the spiritual blessings that uh, that God gives, but also the blessings that you give back to him. The elders, the 24 elders, the Bible said that those elders had made it in and they was just so ecstatic that they kept uh, putting their crowns down and, and saying, uh, holy is the Lord and just magnifying him repeatedly. You know, we could be doing that right now, just magnifying the Lord repeatedly and just uh, and just exalting him above everything. Exalt the Lord. Exalt him in, in what we do. Keep our minds, uh, you know, clear and clean and, and, and in a listening state. Keep our minds in a listening state of being. It's important that you hear and it's important that you see. You want to hear what God is saying. You want to see what God is doing so that whatever God does, you know, as uh, uh, John Morton sings, uh, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't forget about me. I, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm listening. I'm in tune with uh, I want to be in tune with what's what you're doing and what's going on so that so that I, I'm, I want to be part of it. I want to be part of whatever you're doing. I want to be part of your will, Lord. Lord, when I, I it's not enough to be saved yesterday. I want to be saved even in today. It's not enough for me to have gone through the day, you know, seeking the Lord. And, and, and from this moment, from this time, and, you know, at 739, that all of a sudden I'm going to start doing wickedly. No, I need to finish my course. I need to finish all that I've done and started out for the Lord and uh, to the end. And so that when I lay down at night, I'm laying down with a clean conscience. I'm laying down in peace. I'm laying down with my mind upon the Lord. Uh, I'm laying down with uh, in a state of being that Lord, uh, that I, I made it through the day. 
just this one day, this one step. That's all I need is this one day, because if I don't make it to tomorrow, God could look at this one day. And that's enough for him. Um, enough. Just the one day. The Bible said one day with the Lord. One day. One day. God knows how to multiply. He knows. He knows trigonometry. God knows statistics. God knows it all. You know, there's nothing short of his knowledge. Uh, he, he's uh, uh, omniscient. You know, he has all knowledge. He's omnipresent. You know, he knows it all. And, and so he's there watching it and absorbing all of it. And, and so we want, uh, you know, he is so big. And at the same time, he is able to deal with all of us, all of us. We can affect change. We can change the outcome. Whatever was going to happen can be altered. There was a woman that went to the Lord and she said, my daughter is having a problem. Now I'm paraphrasing, but you'll understand what I'm saying. My daughter is, is having a problem. And Lord, can you heal my daughter? Can you help her out? And he said, listen, it's not meat that I give the children the bread to dogs. And, and, and the woman said, even the, the dogs, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. There's enough. The crumbs that fall, the same ingredients that's on the table, that's in the whole loaf of bread, is also within the crumbs that fall from the table. All I want is to just be there to get. She altered, the Lord blessed her daughter. She altered the course because of her attitude. You can change the outcome with an attitude change. You can change the outcome by how you respond to God. How am I responding to God? How am I responding to him? What am I doing? What am I saying to him? Am I like the children of Israel just whoring myself out, you know, for things, for people, for, or am I uh, seeking the Lord as those, as that remnant? Listen, our actions dictate the effects of God's principal law and how it is loose in the atmosphere of our home and our surroundings. So be careful what you do. Deuteronomy 1, and I'm just dealing with a few verses here in the first chapter, but I want you to know Deuteronomy itself means word or instructions of God. And, and so the, the first 16 chapters of Deuteronomy is dealing with instructions that God gave to the children of Israel when he delivered them. And many of the instructions we need to pay attention to that God gave them. Matter of fact, you know, we, we teach from Genesis to Revelation. You know, it's not outdated. It all works together. Jesus is the fulfillment of that which was uh, had occurred. Uh, and so you uh, understand Jesus' role by understanding the Old Testament. And so the Bible said, yet in these things did uh, did you not believe? The people did not believe what the Lord was saying after their deliverance. And so the scripture says, who went in the way before you to, to search you out of place, to pitch your tent in a, a fire. He was a fire at night and in, in a cloud during the day. And the Lord heard your voices and words and was wrought. He heard them and what they were saying behind closed doors is so important. It's not what we do in the presence of each other is what we do when no one else is around us. What are we doing 
when we're at home by ourselves, when we're in the car by ourselves, when we're on the job and we think nobody's looking or when we drive, when we think nobody's paying attention to us, what are we doing? They were saying things about the Lord and did not know that his ears was wide open. Surely there shall not one of these men of evil generation see the good land. Why? Because, because of their attitudes, because of their mind. And so the Bible says, save Caleb. Caleb, the son of Jephthah, uh, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he had trodden upon and his children because, listen, because he wholeheartedly, because he wholly followed the Lord. And also the Lord was angry uh, with, uh, this is Moses talking with me for their sake, for thou shalt not go in neither. Now Moses got upset and did something that he should not have done. He got upset because of the reaction and how the people were carrying on, and he missed out on going into the promised land. He saw the promised land from a distance, but he did not go into it. And so he missed out on that part of the blessing. And you don't want to miss out on anything that God has. He said, but, but Joshua, the son of Nun, would stand before thee. He shall go in thither encourage him for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. I'm going to use Joshua uh, to lead the people into the promised land. And so the Lord instructed him how he should teach him and train him. Why? Because he, he like Caleb, uh, wholly followed the Lord. And while everybody else had a different outcome because of the spirit that they walked in, the Bible uh, even says they had a different spirit. You can change the outcome based upon how you address the Lord, what you believe, how you carry yourself, and God looks upon you, you can change the outcome. And their outcome was a lot brighter than everyone else. Uh, are you afraid to wholeheartedly follow the Lord? to follow the word of the Lord as the children of Israel became apprehensive and started saying, you know, we could have, we could have stayed in captivity and ate, ate onions and ate garlic and, and all that stuff that they were thinking about rather than the freedom and the riches that God had in store for them. Therefore they said things in secret, uh, not knowing uh, that God was listening and God was revealing those things to his leader. Uh, even today, God revealed things into his leader. He said, go uh, together, and they became messy because they became a clique, and they missed out on the promise. Them, the entire clique, missed out on the promise. You need to catch and remember what happened with Caleb and Joshua because they wholeheartedly followed the Lord. All the Lord is asking humanity to do, all the Lord is asking you to do because it starts with you as an individual it doesn't start with the whole world if the whole world get right no you get right <laughs> save yourself from this untorn generation is what uh peter preached on the day of pentecost save yourself all the lord is asking you to do is to save yourself change your ways so that you can receive what he has in store for you. And what God has in store for you requires change. It requires change. It requires change. You change the outcome of the situation by changing the attitude. This is Pastor Carl Henderson, again, with Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. 
uh, you know, when the ban is lifted, you know, certainly looking forward to see new faces and hearing from you. You know, we'll be back on Thursday night in the Book of Acts, just just to send out some encouraging words of what God is able to do. You know, just pouring ourselves out unto the Lord, seeking his face and his goodness. Until then, be blessed. Seek God and know that God has your best interest in mind. In Jesus' name, amen. See, I'm